You think you know me. and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the kingdom. And if you're listening live, then you are entering the realm of the Kings of the Rings podcast. We cover it all from WWE to NXT, past, present, and of course, the future. Join us every week as we break down a sport we all love to hate. You know it, you love it, and we got it. Every week, we are joined by the host, the founder, the proprietor, the vision. It's me, it's me, it's Willie T. Chuck Effin Palumbo. Oh, did you even watch Raw? Did you even watch Raw? Macho, macho madness. Yeah, commentary. Oh, yeah. We're going to WCW, McMahon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. You know who I am, but you don't. No, I'm here. Ayo. And joining him every week, new to the show, is the man, the one, the only, the insane Dave999 Malkovich. I wear a Kalisto luchador mask to raise. Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Boom. I was a shield guy. And together, we form the Kings of the Rings podcast, where you name a ring, and we will sure as hell become the king. Because it's time. We're the kings. Oh, it's time. Of the rings. It's kings of the rings. Time. of the Kings of the Rings podcast. Quarter of a century there. 25, about to be in the books. Hopefully 25,000 more, Dave. Alan, are you up for that? I, I'm up for that. I'm for the day I die. Uh, I can do one from, from 1600. If you, if you could do that, Dave, I would be astonished. And I would tell you, you know what? Find your dead friend Macho Man and get him on the shelf. Because <laughs> if we had Macho Man, Randy Savage... On this show, from the grave, this would be proof that this is the best goddamn podcast all over the internet. And speaking of the internet, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, K-O-T-R underscore podcast. You can find me on Facebook. It's me, it's me, it's Willie T. T is in Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. That's Dave Malkwich. I'm Will Tarrish. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Raw was a little lackluster, but hey, that's just a typical Monday night in my books. A lot of good, a lot of garbage, a lot of faults, a lot of weaknesses, but a lot of strengths. We're on the road to Fastlane. We're on the road to WrestleMania. I have my prediction of how this WrestleMania is going to be one of the best of all time. I agree with you on that one. I mean, you're, uh, 
Your predictions have been pretty, uh, pretty on point so far. I mean, I do owe the next round of Vito. That is true. We'll get to all that and more right here on the Kings of the Rings podcast. I don't know why I just yelled like that, but it felt good. Full of energy, Dave. It's a fun-filled, it's going to be a fun-filled episode on the KOTR underscore podcast. But let's just get right into it. Raw? Raw started out, for once, it was not a McMahon. It was not Triple H. It was not Roman Reigns. We had Paul Heyman delivering an awesome performance on the mic, as always, with the Beast Incarnate himself. It, I really enjoyed uh, seeing Dean Ambrose uh, interrupt that, Um, you know, opening promo especially given the fact that uh it turned into him asking to be brought to suplex city like you don't hear that very often take me to suplex city but as we know later in the night as a showing off the air wasn't suplex city he uh was introduced to but he did get some of that f5 fury not gonna lie i kind of forgot he got the f5 but yeah, this promo was very un-Ambrose-like. Uh, this is not like a promo Ambrose has cut before, but goddamn was it impressive, and goddamn was it good. Um, he just came out and straight up said, the way he cut the promo, it felt very real. He just straight up said, listen, Brock, I respect you, but that's not going to stop me from getting an ass-whooping and trying to whip, dish out some ass myself. So, it kind of like gives Ambrose credibility where he needs credibility to be a contender in this match. He's, but still... You're not fooling me. You're not fooling any smart wrestling fan. Dean Ambrose is there to put on a show and show. But it's honestly, we talked about with Becky Lynch. This is also a test for Dean Ambrose. Another test to see if he can survive in the main event picture. And if he puts on a killer performance post WrestleMania, he's gonna get a push. Oh, I mean, I'm already uh, predicting a push for him. Like, while I was a little iffy about Becky Lynch, but she kind of uh, won me over. Dean Ambrose has already won me over on the fact that he can, and I firmly believe that he will uh, be in the main event picture moving forward, whether it's as a heel or as a face, that's yet to be determined. You're leaning towards face, and I think he has more credibility with the fans in that case, and for all we know, we could start seeing Roman Reigns maybe uh, either turn or being you know taking taking some of the load off of his shoulders and we can start to see the push for ambrose as the company's top face or top heel yeah i mean we got to remember the the wild card in this whole situation is the intercontinental championship um which we talked about last week that ambrose does not need this belt this belt needs to be on someone else um and it's all up to the company what they want to do with Dean Ambrose. They could push him back down down a little further with the IC belt post-mania, give that belt a little more credibility, and he would Dean Ambrose would be good there. Or they could put the belt on someone else um, in a potential ladder match, because I like that idea of a ladder match every WrestleMania uh, for the IC belt. And they could go on to someone else who deserves it, and Ambrose can be put in the main event picture, which he would be fit there. Ambrose is a guy who can fit anywhere on the card and deliver. I mean, uh, I we were talking about this before we started the uh, podcast. I'm still pulling for the uh, eventual return of the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania. 
I don't think there needs to be a a summertime pay-per-view dedicated to the one match. I mean, you have enough of those already with the one or two Hell in the Cell matches at Hell in the Cell. You like I, I really think the Money in the Bank match could uh put a lot it could showcase a lot more wrestlers at WrestleMania. I mean, I'm not really buying the match like that being the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royale, especially considering the fact that it goes from Cesaro the first year winning it to the second year Big Show. Big Show doesn't need something like that. No, see, I'm going to disagree with you there. I was perfectly fine with Big Show winning. I mean, listen, the guy's a giant. He, Andre's a giant. Um, I think it was just more of a res- <laughs> respect thing, bless you, for something that didn't really matter. Like, they could have built the Andre a Giant Battle Memorial to be something really cool, but it just, it's not. It's just kind of a thing. It's there. Um, Money in the Bank, coming back to Mania would be amazing. I agree with you 110% as where it belongs. Um, but I just don't see it happening. Another thing, a ladder match, now that I think about it, a ladder match for the IC belt every year at Mania, you don't want WrestleMania to be um, designated matches like every single year. That's true. Like, I mean, you have the historical ladder matches from Mania in the past. Obviously, we could go through a number of them. But, I mean, it's just I really felt like when Money in the Bank was on WrestleMania and I, it really built future stars. Like, it built stars like Edge. It built stars like Punk. Yep. And, I mean, it... It almost gave another. It almost had the uh, feel of another. Um, what you call it? Another championship title, cause like so, you would. So basically, you have what would be. Let's see, heavyweight diva. It basically was like a a fifth, sixth fifth, belt. Yeah, and it, it. I really, and I also felt that there were better spots in the match when it was on Mania, because, considering the fact that it was such a high-quality high, high quality match, like, yep. at Mania. Kofi. Kofi did really well Kofi, in those matches. Yeah, he was in it, like, three years in a row. He did some crazy, like, step stool, poker, poker, stick things with ladders. I'm still surprised that uh, he hasn't he hasn't won yet. It's, he's a guy whose ship has come and gone. Um, he's another mid-carder for life, which is which is fine because Kofi is incredible in the ring. He had that moment. It just didn't go by. But let's get back to Raw. Yeah. Um, this opening promo was just kind of what Brock Lesnar needed. Uh, but I was surprised when Ambrose came out. I was expecting the authority. I was expecting Reigns. Yeah. But putting Ambrose in there was was unexpected. I, I, w- I actually was uh, firmly... Thinking that it would be Reigns, especially with the history between, you know, Lesnar and Reigns from last year. And, it, you know, it, it was a nice little curveball when, you know, you hear the opening uh, clip from Dean Ambrose's uh, entrance theme. And uh, for once, I was actually asking myself, like, what's going on? Like, I was genuinely surprised, which is a good thing. Having wa- having watched wrestling as long as I have, I don't get that feeling very often. Cause I mean, you, our predictions since uh, you first had me guest spot on the show, 
my predictions have been like I want to say in the seventy-five to eighty percent, like yeah. correct. And so when I'm when I'm genuinely surprised that I'm not able to predict something, it's a good thing. Because it shows that, like, even though the product as a whole is getting a little sour and it's getting a little repetitive, they're still able to throw that once-in-a-while curveball. But um, the main thing from this promo, uh, Lesnar. Lesnar did an incredibly good job, too. Like, while Ambrose was smiling, Lesnar was just kind of, like, laughing and, like, in responding to him. You can, The mic could kind of pick it up for TV. He's like, I'm going to get a beating. He's like, yes, you will. This chuckling, yes, you will. And it really kind of, it set up the final spot of the night uh, when he got the F5 perfectly. This was actually coherent storytelling throughout Raw. This this Raw was built around the main story of Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar. And, and I mean, it, obviously, we, we never really are able to catch the uh, input from Lesnar being the fact that Paul Heyman's his advocate, Paul Heyman's his mouthpiece. But, like... You know, you saw it occasionally with uh, in um Brock Lesnar's feud with The Undertaker. You could catch some of his like you know without a mic like speakings, especially with the middle finger yep. and all that. And so we mentioned last week how like certain veteran performers, like when they pick who they work with it's a big thing for those people they work with i feel it's the same thing with if lesnar works with you and on top of having paul Heyman as his mouthpiece you'll you'll still get some of the zings from brock lesnar himself because let's be serious brock lesnar was never that good of a talker but just these like you know small small time like you know zings inputs that really kind of help put over Brock Lesnar's personality when he doesn't the only personality he really shows is pain and suffering. Yep. Like pain and suffering for his opponent. So it it's looking like Brock Lesnar is really very much enjoying the uh enjoying getting a chance to work with Ambrose especially going into this main event at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. And you want to know I do still believe that it's going to be uh it's going to be Reigns moving forward. However, I could easily see the match be interfered with and it turn into a triple threat or a fatal four-way. Yeah. Something something interesting is definitely going to happen at that main event. I mean, a why interference is... It's triple threat rules, so there's no disqualification. Why interference is guaranteed. But for right now, let's move on to the first... I think it was the first match of the night. Uh, Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, I, I'm... I'm not really enjoying much of any anything Ziggler's doing. Like it, he, it kind of threw me off his game w- once he went through that terrible, terrible feud with um, Rusev and Lana. Yep. But I mean, you know, it it, it was nice seeing him like you know e- even up the score with Kevin Owens. But I mean, you're starting to see in uh, Ziggler's performance a uh, lot of similarities to the Super Cena character how he's coming back from these like odds so stacked against him get in like you know one two of his his finishers into the one two three yeah so it's really just getting old for me i just i don't understand why he won uh kevin owens is someone who's being built (coughs) into he's gonna be a major person going into mania i still think he's facing the undertaker 
I, I mean, I until they actually bring Taker back, I don't know what they're doing with him. But he's supposed supposedly he's returning to TV soon. Probably post fast lane. Um, but this is just another example of even Steven's booking. It's probably going to lead to a match just to fill time on the pay-per-view. Um, just for whatever reason. Who cares? This 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 needs to come and go. Ziggler shouldn't be with Owens. Ziggler should be in another place, which we'll get into in a few minutes, with the Miz TV section. Uh, this Miz TV, they're very hit or miss. Um, but this was a hit. Absolutely. Miz is just good on the mic. He's good on the mic, and it it says a lot when he can make fans genuinely despise him. Like, I, I, he made me genuinely despise him, which is why I feel it was a good Miz TV. Uh, like, some of the things that he said about AJ Styles, like, obviously it's all just, you know, yep. it, it's all just scripted. So it's not like he really meant this or anything. But, you know, th- there's just some things you don't say. Like, calling him, like, a fucking redneck hick rookie. Like, the whole thing about, like, you know, the small guy in the football team. Like, unfortunately, we all know WWE does not like small guys. They do not like the Daniel Bryans. They do not like, like, especially ones that they didn't create themselves. Yes. So, he made me genuinely despise him. I think we're going to see uh, AJ Styles versus Miz at, um, or maybe even Styles, Miz, Jericho. Who knows? We're, it, it's looking like we're going to see a pretty awesome match te- technical-wise with uh, AJ Styles at Fastlane. Not sure where it's going to lead from WrestleMania, but I mean... So far, everything Styles has been doing has he's been doing gold. Like we saw the first um, we saw his first successful Styles clash in the WWE last week. Uh, and I mean, dude, it it looked great. Like he he is very commanding in the ring, which is is good with his size. I think we're looking at a future uh, future world heavyweight champion, possibly. Um. Miz should not be in the ring anymore. Miz shouldn't be in the company. No, no, no. He perfectly deserves being in the company. He's a veteran, like he says, a 10-year veteran, and this is a perfect spot for him. The guy can talk. He's a mouthpiece. It's, it's so shameful that nowadays, like, the Miz is a veteran, but when I think of veterans, I think of, like, the Stone Colds and the yeah, Rocks, yeah. but... You know, obviously a, a different type of veteran, but yeah, you, you are correct. He he has been with the company a lot, and I mean, it, it's crazy to think that he already has a he already has a higher ranking championship reign to his name than rest in peace, Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's Miz is honestly probably see a future Hall of Famer, probably. Arguably, he's definitely borderline. It's depending where he goes next with his career. He should be a talker. But AJ, man, I didn't. Re- I even noticed it. He made the Miz look big. He makes everyone look big. He is tiny, but the thing is, he his. It's crazy because when you look at these smaller wrestlers compared to the bigger ones, a lot of times, like their body type just looks like incomparable. While AJ Styles is smaller, like. Yo, you you've seen him. He's jacked. 
Yeah. Like I've I've seen him in person. I've shook his hand. I kind of had a few words with him. He's a cool guy. Uh, he definitely belongs to WWE. Um, I I liked how he didn't talk really at all. He kept getting cut off. Then he's kind of beat up Miz. But I want him to talk. Like he sh- he he didn't cut the best promo last week. I want him to make up for it. See if he can adapt to it. But this 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 segment ended up finishing just fine. A match because I think he had a match with Miz on SmackDown the following day, which apparently they tore it up. I haven't seen it, but apparently they tore it up. I haven't seen it. I did read that uh, it was it was a really good match, and I mean it. It seems like what's happening with uh, AJ Styles is the typical like you know new to WWE kind of like you know uh, playful playful hazing type of a thing from veterans, especially though veterans who have a great voice talking wise so because i mean if you put anyone talking wise against jericho nine out of ten times that person will lose Mm -hmm. it's almost the same thing with the miz because the miz is so well-rounded with uh his voice i mean that's really all i see with the miz but you know it is what it is. So I think I think moving forward, especially with the pay per view in two weeks now, like a little over two weeks, yep. I think we're gonna finally start seeing like a maybe AJ Styles have like a rebellion against system. Just like uh, I'm not some fucking rookie. Like you know, yeah, he's, I, I, he's I know, 38 I, years I know old. More than half of you guys have done in your career mm-hmm. all over the world. He, I think we're going to start seeing him, like, emphasize the phenomenal one, like, his career. And I and I think we're going to see him booked as almost, like, an underdog size-wise, but... They could do... But, an- but a believable underdog. They could do anything with AJ. Um, I don't think he's going to be in a one-on-one match at Mania, strictly because he's not... Um, He's marketable, but not to the wider audience. Like, he's marketable to the smart. He's not marketable to the internet fans, people who follow him, people who are fans of him. But he is a guy who I don't think he should be in a one-on-one marquee match at WrestleMania. He will be perfect for the Intercontinental Championship. Whatever like, they do with that. Whatever, whatever they do with that. Here's here's my prediction, Dave. It's going to be a show of my predictions. I'm predicting WrestleMania. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a fatal four-way elimination match for the Intercontinental Championship. You are going to have Dean Ambrose as your champion, Chris Jericho going for his 10th, AJ Styles the newcomer, and Dolph Ziggler because he has nothing else to do. I, I, I could easily see that. I My prediction is uh, AJ Styles winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. That's, that's a huge mistake. You don't want – because AJ is a big name – He's too big. He's not big enough for a one-on-one match, but he's too big for like a twenty-man battle royal. I mean, my reason, be- my reason saying that is like Cesaro was when he won. He was starting to like you know get big with the fans, but also Cesaro's career was made in the Indies, mm-hmm. he, like as Claudio Castagnoli. And what I do see what you're saying about him being too big. However, I think. Like, I could easily see him come out of Mania if he wins the Battle Royale. I could see him have that similar, like, push with the crowd that 
uh, Cesaro did. And then we could start seeing him go, like, do stuff with either the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship. Yeah. No, he's... He, he is destined for that Intercontinental belt because Ambrose... I This is just... Ambrose, I don't know. It all depends what they want to do with Ambrose. He's ready for the main event. Right now, they need him for the main event. AJ Styles is a perfect person to carry that belt, bring it some glory. Jericho's not going to be around too much longer. After Mania, I think he's gone. Yeah, so you, ha- you put... you I, put. I agree. I do believe it's... Uh... It's give or take right after Mania because that's also when uh when some of the call ups are gonna be mm-hmm. that's also when you might get one or two of the people back from injuries so like it it, it really depends it, it depends on who's ready to come back from injuries it depends on what storylines they build because I mean let's be serious right now there isn't any real storyline for the Tag Team Championships or the United States Championships. So those are currently open season. The Intercontinental, it almost has too much going on with it, except we're not going to see much uh, figured out with that until after Fastlane because Ambrose has already booked in the main event. They're not going to have Ambrose do double duty on a second to a pay-per-view that's going to possibly, like decrease the uh, marketability of that main event match. Yeah. Okay, so we can move on to another belt in the storylines. I believe the next match on Raw was Kalisto versus Rusev. Um, Rusev, must, Rusev must be getting like so much of this heat from the, from the off-camera stuff. I don't know. I think I think he's fine. I just think there's nothing to really do with them. If anything, I could see him winning the Battle Royal. This because they need to build him up again. But this match with Kalisto, not a bad match. Rusev's character, he has that character where he can go into badass mode when he wants. He can be funny when he wants. He's very well-rounded. And he's very, like, he plays the awkward foreigner very, very well. Uh, yeah, he does. I mean, I'm I'm still trying to figure out this whole thing. Because, obviously, outside of the ring... The League of Nations, uh, we learned, is having some injury problems. Del Rio's back is a little out of whack. And uh, Sheamus was diagnosed with tendonitis. And uh, recently, pictures were released of him in a cast. Apparently more preventative than anything. But as someone who suffers from tendonitis, it's really difficult, especially considering the fact that Sheamus is taking bumps figure like five... Four to five times a week between, like, you know, Raw, the uh, SmackDown taping, and then the live events. And especially when the temperature changes, as someone who's suffered from tendonitis, like, it's not something that, like, heals completely. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, like, m- taken care of. And so the thing is, we don't know how long he's really going to be on the on the shelf if even for anything but as we can see wade barrett hasn't been uh very physical so wade barrett are uh another one of our big time mid carters losing his team again so right now rusev is kind of like doing it doing everything himself but which, which he can. He can carry the load. And again, this wasn't a bad match. The double count out. Oh, it was a. It was. A, it was a regular count out. Um, 
That, that ref count real slow because I heard like nine right before we went over the oh, yeah. went over the barricade. But the count out was fine. Del Rio on commentary, garbage, pure garbage. Del, Del, he added nothing. Del Rio, I'm like I, I've always enjoyed when like you know the people that one of the uh, one of those involved in the match. Their like you know current feud, other person involved in the feud on commentary. I traditionally like those. I really do. Agreed. Because normally, you know, that'll be used to whoever's wrestling against the guy in this case, whoever was wrestling against Kalisto, so as to get Kalisto to be the one who would get counted out. As you said, contributed nothing. And, I like, Del Rio is good on the mic, not on commentary. It, it almost seemed like... He had a language problem. It almost seemed like there was a language barrier, but this guy speaks perfect English. He doesn't even have much of an accent, but he kind of he threw on this weird accent. Half of his lines were in Spanish. Like he was making fun of Cole. It was just it, this segment would have been two times better if he wasn't out there. He didn't add anything. He didn't need to be out there at all. The comment would have been fine without him there. It, it was really it, it was difficult for me to give him much chance as a commentator because I felt he shouldn't have been there and that then being that I felt at in the onset of the match that he shouldn't have been out there it really was just like that pesky mosquito that you're trying to swat away that you're just blocking out so I 100% agree with you it did nothing but take away from the from the match at hand and let's be serious the match itself wasn't that good and then you're dealing with that, so really just, I, I ended up not even caring about the match, and that was where I took my cigarette and piss break. Yep. If anything, then then they announced that Kalisto is going again, again, against, against Del Rio at Fastlane. This is the fifth time, and, probably, and that time will be about six weeks. Um, unnecessary. Kalisto should move on to someone else. He should have moved on to someone else. They could have put a feud with Rusev. Honestly, him and Rusev could have had a good feud. Put him over, whatever, move on to Mania. This is a guy I have no idea what he's going to do at WrestleMania. It, it, it really bothers me because I lo- we're talking about my having watched wrestling a lot. I remember back back then when some of these pay-per-views and like the I mean some of these Raws in like the week or two before a pay-per-view would be when you would have number 1 contender matches for each each belt. Mm-hmm. Apparently they don't need to do number one contender matches for any championship belt other than the World Heavyweight Championship. So, I mean, you really have no idea who, like, in what place people are for any of the belts. Like, nothing's going on with the IC belt. Nothing, we're seeing Del Rio again, and I think this is going to be between them, like, the fifth, championship match between them like there's no way shape or form that del rio has been number one contender for that long no he doesn't he doesn't deserve it quite honestly at all um he doesn't even deserve a championship rematch because he already he already got it it and then he lost or no he won he won it back and then he lost it's old it's repetitive and it's really making me question what what the hell they're doing it's a constant problem in WWE where the mid card keeps 
going up and down. It keeps shifting. It's like... I don't know. It's, I'm in geology. It's like the friggin' plate tectonics. Yeah, it just keeps yeah. going up and down in, in recycles. It's like a lava lamp. Yeah, I, I, I also did take geology in the past. I know exactly the uh, reference you're making to. And yeah, you're 100% right. And, you know, it's kind of funny because the way they've been booking it, like, I mean, we're happy the way they've been doing IC, yep. except for, you know, now what happens since you're losing the ability to do anything at Fastlane, or unless you have somebody who wants to take the belt from Ambrose, interfere in that match, which can also happen. We could see interferences from like two or three feuds in that match, being that it's triple threat rules. But, I mean, we haven't been happy with the Divas, but, I mean, finally they did what we wanted them to do. Sasha's now... It just took a while. Yeah, it took <laughs> it took a while, but Sa- <laughs> Sasha's involved now. And the thing is, you know, she finally, like, separated from Team Bad, you know, was trying to still, you know, preserve yeah. unity, whatever the fuck that is. But they're, like, we're finally seeing that. Yeah, so let's, it, let's move on to that. Dave, let's move on. That's actually a good place to move on to next. Um, Team Bad is no longer a thing. Um, did Team Bad attack Sasha? I kind of drifted uh, out. Yeah, yeah um, at, like, at first when uh, Sasha called for that, they, you know, begrudgingly agreed to it. But then they... Like, in, in the match, she was like, no, I don't need you guys. Get out. And then what happened? I don't yeah, remember. And then uh, when she was going back into the match at one point in time, they pulled her out and they started kicking the shit out of her. And then um, that's when you saw uh, Becky come to her aid. And then, uh, Be- so Becky and Sasha were, uh, fighting with, um, Tamina and Naomi, which, like, it, it makes sense, but, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what's gonna happen, because as we saw, like, you know, we saw Brie Bella fighting with, um, Charlotte, so and winning. And, and we're gonna so, talk about that right now. So like actually, I'm, next. I'm not sure if that if that's meaning that we're gonna get like this, this a match like that for Fastlane, maybe a Fatal Four Way at Mania. I I don't know. There's so many ways it could be booked. There is there is a lot of ways it can be booked. But main thing to take away from that last night, uh, going into Fastlane, I don't see Team Bad doing anything really i don't see i don't know what's gonna happen with the divas division but that's okay because team bad's no longer a thing team whatever's well, no longer well, a thing I, and team I, no whatever's not ever a thing i mean team bad is like tamina and naomi are still like riding together you, so what you still have uh brie bella with alicia fox so which, what so uh so i mean it, it <coughs> excuse me it there really is a big, just empty... Yeah. There is an empty void, but the three most important is Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. You're going to see that triple threat. It would be phenomenal, with a capital P. Um, we talked about before before we started recording, the possibility of Bailey coming up. Bailey is in a title match the night before WrestleMania against Asuka. I don't see her doing double duty. I don't see her debuting at WrestleMania. doesn't make any sense. As awesome it would be to see the four horsewomen, as much money as that would bring in, as much hype as that could be awesome, forever and ever stamped in time of the greatest horseman of all time, it's not going to happen. 
It's going to be a triple threat. Um, let, let's let's talk about that Charlotte rematch. Now, Charlotte can go in the ring. We've seen her perform well, but who have we seen her perform well against? Against other women who can wrestle, right? Yeah. People like Becky, people like Bailey, people like Sasha, and people like Paige. And people like Paige. Now, this is a problem. Last night, on uh, Monday night, I saw a problem because all four of those women we I just we just mentioned are better than Charlotte. A better a better wrestler than Charlotte. Charlotte is athletic. She is good. But she cannot carry a match by herself. Brie, someone like Brie Bella, that was an abysmal match. It was oh, okay. terrible. And it showed a lot of flaws in Charlotte's performance. Like, she can put on a performance when someone else is there to carry her. It's uh, not championship material. But also what we saw is, once again, the match losing whatever momentum it had because of Ric Flair. Ric Flair needs to stop getting involved. Because, like, Ric, Ric Flair got involved and then you see the typical setup for the figure four leg lock, which you, we know how quickly for Charlotte she turns that into the, into yeah. the figure eight because it's the same thing except adding the bridge. But the reason why that uh, small package roll-up works so well is because the legs were all were already set for the figure four. There was no way. There's there is just 99% zero way to get out of that because you can't move your legs. So now once again we're seeing Ric Flair get involved negatively for Charlotte. I think we're going to see Charlotte and Ric Flair like not no, they not in a bad way, but I think we're gonna start seeing Charlotte telling Rick, "You're starting to f- like fuck with my style." Yeah, they're gonna they're they're gonna part ways. Uh, finally, it's gonna be the ultimate heel move for Charlotte. Going, it's gonna be part of the build up to Mania. And the fact here's here's the story. Predicting WrestleMania, Dave. I'm predicting WrestleMania. Here's the story. A few weeks before Mania, she ditches Ric Flair, and then she goes into Mania and she loses. Why does she lose? Because she didn't have the protection of Ric Flair. And who does she lose to? Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. Sasha fucking Banks. The boss. And it's going to be Oscar. Because after Mania, I think Oscar's going to beat Bailey, which will be perfect because Oscar is a perfect woman for that division to carry it on after absolutely, Bailey leaves. Absolutely. And the, the thing is, like, uh, I also see TakeOver being... Yeah. Dave, hold that thought. TakeOver is a discussion coming up soon. Um, let's move on to the tag team division. Nothing going on. Nothing going on as of yet. I don't want to talk about the Usos. I don't care about the Usos. New Day's being oh, the... U- we do have to mention one thing about the Usos. Lillian Garcia in... The Grammy winning. Apparently, the Usos have won the Grammy. The internet wrestling community made a huge deal about that because let's be serious. Lillian Garcia is a veteran ring announcer. And once you get to that like veteran level <clears throat> of ring announcing... You don't make mistakes like that. It's just a slip of the tongue. Jesus. A, a slip of the tongue, like, yes, yeah, slammy, grammy, but, I mean, I from what I read, Vince McMahon was fuming about that because it, I, I could ease, excuse me, I could easily see it be like, you know, a different type of slammy award winning, like, you know, mm-hmm. best, best, oh my God moment. But, Grammy Award winning, like, that that's, like, bad juju. Like, I 
I don't know what she was thinking about. But neither here nor there. Lillian, we still love you. You're still banging. I love I love Lillian Garcia. I, di- I didn't even know she was a wrestler until like not too long ago. I mean, she never really did much. But like, it, it, she's kind of turned into like the voice of WWE. How like, you know, bef- like way back when Howard Finkel. Like, yeah. it, it, she she's just become like that voice doing the announcing. And obviously you occasionally will have a... Uh, Eden or JoJo do some of those. But that that only happens when Lillian is used for one of the uh, abroad, ta- uh, abroad yeah. events. Yeah. Because every, everyone abroad loves Lillian. Of course, everyone loves Lillian. But that's that's too much to talk about Lillian Garcia for yeah, a, for a year of podcasting. So yeah, Lillian, she played up on Twitter, made a mistake, whatever. Move on. It was funny. We've heard people do worse. Um, yeah, well, yeah. This tag team division's dead. It's going to be dead for a long time. Until post-Fastlane. Because here's my WrestleMania prediction, Dave. Uh, uh. Here's my prediction. I think Enzo and Cass are coming up. It, it, it's a, it is about time. Do they come up with... Uh, what's your face? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think, I think Carmella... She could do double duty. Quite honestly, where she because just, where she just comes up as like as a manager, manager yep. but she still does the wrestling. Because she's she needs to touch up on her wrestling. She's in a title match against Bailey, which she's gonna lose. But I think she's gonna be, be look, made look good. Her in ring work pretty, wasn't that a match already taped. It was already taped. It's happening next week. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna mention that. No, no, no. She she loses because Bailey's facing Oscar. Yeah, we know. Surprise, surprise. But she needs to work on her in ring. Her mic, her mic work is impressive. I don't know if you didn't watch NXT, but um, she did an interview with Todd Phillips. Uh, very good for what it was. Sit down interview. Um, she's improving. She's another person in that divas division, a uh, women's division NXT who could do well. But Enzo and Cass, and she she's part of that gimmick. Bring them up. New Day, Enzo, Cass, WrestleMania. That's money. Oh no, I hundred percent agree with you, and I actually do. That's one of your predictions. I will sign on to myself because, like, obviously, you know that the champions defend the titles Freebird rule, yep. which they're te- all three of them are technically champions, which I- I'm loving, especially, especially if they do in fact go the route of uh inducting uh Michael P.S. Hayes into the Hall of Fame and all that but it it's not believable that the titles can change hands unless you have someone else who's a like a three-person thing a a two-person tag team and a manager makes that believable and the thing is the the NXT crowd is big on Enzo and Cass. Yeah. I'm big on Enzo and Cass. I'm also big on Enzo and Cass. Another reason it makes me think this, because the American Alphas, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, are the hottest tag team in NXT right now. Uh, Enzo and Cass are hot, but they're, uh, all American Alphas are going up against the tag team titles, I forget their names, <coughs> at the next takeover. That's been, that's been It's leaked. Yeah. So what else are they going to do? Well, they don't, or, or if Enzo and Cass aren't getting called up, I could see Big Cass turning on Enzo. I, I could see that too. 
except that tag team is exactly like the New Day was before they truly went over with the audience. They're, they're money. Everyone loves them. And the thing is, I think the worst thing NXT could do is have have a turn within that group. Like, I mean, they Enzo and Cass, they complement each other's work perfectly like they really are like the yin to the other's yang yep. and i the, but also when they brought tag teams up from nxt i'm talking about you ascension the ascension were billed as the next big thing they brought they were brought up and look at them now they're they're now like basically designated to main event they're designated to main to main event, which is almost purgatory for uh, for a WWE superstar. I'm I'm pulling up. We're gonna move away from the tag team division and on to the NXT Takeover Dallas because past shows, Dave, we haven't had time to talk about NXT because we just ramble on forever. But this um... Takeover is looking so All right. amazing. Here it is. Okay. Um. Two, four, five. Oh, I forgot he was there. Okay. So, the first match listed here, Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Phenomenal. Oh, in parentheses, oh my god, this is actually happening match. Yep, actually when, happening. Because when a lot of people thought that Shinsuke Nakamura was... When it was first announced that Nakamura, AJ Styles, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson were... Most likely making the move. It was big deal, but a lot of a lot of people felt that Nakamura was like the biggest long shot of it. Yeah. Then a week or two after that, you know, leak of information, yeah. Nakamura is stripped of his IWJP the championship. Fight. But Dave, this match, this match, Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Is uh, the the reason why Sami Zayn is not going to fight Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? For one, he's not going to do double duty. But this match right here is an honor for him. He, I, if I were him, I would take this match over Kevin Owens at WrestleMania because oh, no. this match could be the best match of the weekend. I could easily see. In my prediction, is this will do double duty in next year's award season for NXT match of the year along with WWE match of the year because it's been said that AJ Styles was one of the biggest free agent signings. That is all good and well, and I agree with that. However, Shinsuke Nakamura is almost an even bigger one just because of the following that this man has. He this man is legendary. Yep. And that's that's something we can talk more to more into when um the match comes closer. But then the main event, I'm assuming the main event. Uh Finn Balor, Samoa Joe for the NXT belt. Uh I, I could actually see uh, the title changing. However, not not leading to Finn Balor immediately being called up. I could see it changing, then have a small feud, Balor going back for his belt. 
who knows? That could even turn into when when Valor loses the belt, that could easily segue into the debuts of Carl Anderson and Dot Gallows. A reformation of the Balor Club. The I, Bullet Club. Bang, bang. I have no idea what's going to happen because there's rumors Samoa Joe is getting called up after Mania. Um, I think Finn Balor is going to win, but I could easily see Samoa Joe winning and it being pretty awesome. But next match, Bailey versus Asuka. We talked about it. It's going to tear down the house. This could also steal the yeah, show. No, absolutely. This, I, this is Bailey's curtain call. She's getting called up to the main roster. I think, I think Asuka is a big... A very safe but good pick for this upcoming year's NXT Woman of the Year. Because, yep. I mean, dude, she's been tearing it up. She's been tearing it up on that NXT, man. She has, and the thing is, her mannerisms are what drives her character. Yep. They really are, and the thing is, she... Also, not a, not a homegrown superstar, but similar to Nakamura, one who are legendary outside of the country. And, like, in the indies, legendary. So, uh, it's going to be a great match. I see I see that being Bailey's current call. And Bailey will succeed on the... On the main roster. The main she's, roster. A, she's a horsewoman. Of course she is. But, Dave, running out of time. Um, tag team match. Dash and Dawson. That's, that's their names. Dash and Dawson. Uh, versus American Alpha Tag Team Championships. There's no harder tag team maybe in the world than the American Alphas. Chad Gable, Jason Jordan. They're taking a the belt home carrying his tag team division. Agree or disagree? Agree. Perfect. All right. This match. Start off the show. Start off WrestleMania weekend. We got a double. Austin goddamn Aries. Now, here's a guy I never thought we would see in WWE. Uh, uh, that that really... W- it's kind of crazy because... When the when they leaked the information about the four the four guys coming from New Japan, it it oh, it basically overtook any conversation about any other free agents. Like we all saw James Storm come do one or two matches, then leave. Then leave. You want to know? It? I I see what you did there, but that he he got a phenomenal contract with Impact. Impact is doing pretty well with their new network, mm-hmm. and uh, predi- not a prediction, a spoiler that uh, Beer Money wins the tag team championships. But anyway, neither here nor there. But Austin Aries completely got lost in the shuffle because he didn't go back to TNA, but nobody knew what he was doing. Then out of nowhere, it's that he's rumored to be at the NXT taping, and then. Baron Corbin. Yeah. Baron that, Corbin. That match is one that's going to drive the indie fanboys wild. Wild, because a lot of the indie fanboys can't stand Baron Corbin. I'm a, personally a big Baron Corbin fan. I've seen him progress over the past year and change. See him develop into a character. He is a guy who is finding his character. But the thing is, Austin Aries works so much better as a heel. Oh, absolutely. But bringing him in as a face, like Samoa Joe, like anybody really, definitely the good idea. Baron Corbin, heel, definitely a good idea. Austin Aries turning heel, another great idea. 
It, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I'm just so used to the Austin Aries that has the Brain Buster finisher. But the Brain Buster finisher is kind of like, you know, persona non grata in the WWE. Like, you can't really do it. It's so it's so dangerous. And I, I, I mean, I haven't watched enough of uh, Aries and NXT to see how it, how it does. But the thing is... He's phenomenal. But he, he also is one of those guys that's smaller than the WWE would like. He's smaller than AJ. But the thing is, he's also stronger than AJ. Well, he's, he, yeah, he's also younger. Yeah, he is also younger. But the thing is, like, Austin Aries, that that might be, like, steal, uh, steal of the century. Because if he wasn't going up against Baron Cohen, if it was Austin Aries Nakamura, Austin Aries Sami Zayn, oh my god! But the thing is, you know those matches are coming. Absolutely. But I, I think, I, I think that might also be the match that we're gonna. I think that might be the last match we see Corbin doing NXT. But I, I, th- I think he's getting called up, man. He has an NXT. No, he still has work to do. He needs he needs to improve his mic skills a little bit. He needs to improve his. Unless you put him with a manager, you could have a you could have a no. Imagine Baron Corbin as the next Paul Heyman guy. No, because he's not bad enough where he can't carry his own. He just needs work. He's not Roman Reigns bad on the mic. He, he no, he's not. He just he he's a guy who can carry himself. He's playing that persona, say little, kick ass. He's doing it well, just he needs work on delivering that say little. And he's going to do that. And his in-ring work still needs some tweaks. He needs some very good matches in the main event scene with the title belt. He is the guy who is going to win the belt eventually before he gets called up. I see him in NXT another six months. Easy. I mean, I'm really big on the Samoa Joe train. I'm really big on the... I'm going to refer to him as his indie name, Uha Nation. Yep. He's not on this card. Uh, Shocking. Yet. yet. No, there's five five matches, the, the uh, two-hour uh, show. Uh, uh, Apollo Crews will be on it one way or another. Whether it be, who knows, we could see him interfere in that title match. Or we could see him somehow or another get inserted into that match. Who knows? But I am so big... I've been on the Uha Nation train. Yep. I have, and the thing is, he is something else. Like I, Uha, I, I, I'm so used to calling him Uha Nation, but no, I'm so big on Apollo Cruz. Who's another big name indie wise that WWE got? And the thing is, he's still he still has a good chunk. Of career in front oh, of him. Yeah, he's young. And the thing is, he, like, I, I, I've i been so over with him. Like, his mic work, could it could be better. He is getting better, though. It, it could be better because the, the Indies, it doesn't need that as good of mic work. But he is getting so much better in the, the WWE slash NXT uh, business paradigm business model that like dude and Samoa Joe is Samoa Joe 
Like, I've been big on those guys, and he, and even Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor's been ready for main event. It's just, it's hard to lose such a big face. Yep. Like, I mean, dude, I, I remember watching him when he, when he was Prince Devitt, man. Like, all three of those guys, it, it, <sighs> I can't believe his real name is Fergal. <laughs> Quite honestly, his real name is Fergal. And I think that's going to wrap up this NXT segment. Fergal Devitt, yes. But but the thing is, it, it it's kind of crazy because if you notice, we've, as of late, been seeing less of the Demon and more of... No, Demon just comes out of takeovers. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I know. But the thing is, dude, he's been like... He, he's been promoting over the top the Bullet Club. He has, I mean, dude, in that jacket... Or when he's going for the finisher, the two handguns up, like that. That was that was huge. And the thing is, we know that they're coming. I believe they're going to be coming towards the end of March. But dude, the the Bullet Club, while New Japan owns that name, the Balor Club is coming. Yeah, it's coming. But Dave, we need to move on. We got about. Five or ten minutes, and I want to talk about the main event picture. This whole podcast, we didn't talk much about Roman Reigns, which is good, because there wasn't much to talk about. He didn't really, he didn't really do much on Raw. He had the match. But Dave, think of the past two WrestleManias. Okay, let's... Post-Rumble, post rumble, okay. where WWE was kind of backed into a corner, and they were in disaster of having the WrestleMania main event being ended in a shroud of booze. It happened with Batista winning the Royal Rumble. And it, and, and it, let me finish. And it ended with Daniel Bryan going, yes, yes, yes. It started with Roman Reigns winning the Rumble, and it ended with Seth Rollins cashing in. This year, we have Triple H win the Rumble, and it looks like a one-on-one match with Roman Reigns that Triple H cannot win. Roman Reigns is going to win this match, but there is going to be a sea of booze. But... Because of a double turn. I, I, I mean, a double turn as in Triple H and Roman both turning? Yes, it's going to be... I'm, I'm predicting WrestleMania, Dave, because Vince McMahon is not a dumb man. Have faith in McMahon. He knows what's best for business. He does. He does. <laughs> he does. For his main event, for his baby, the rest of the year might be garbage. He might not give a flying fuck. No fucks given. But when it comes to WrestleMania, he is going to deliver. He always has. Well, at least in the past 10 years, he always has. And he always will. Until the day he dies. So what are we going to see? He's probably going to die while in gorilla position and all. Probably. Honestly. Probably. We're going to see a one-on-one match. Triple H, Roman Reigns, probably no holds barred throughout the match. And I don't, maybe The Rock is involved. Maybe not. Yes. You know what? I thought about this. I forgot about The Rock. Rock is involved. You have Rock in, tri- Rock in, Rain- Rock in Roman Reigns' corner. You have Vince McMahon in Triple H's corner. What we have, so no, no, this, listen, we have Rock get knocked down or something, something happens, Vince McMahon comes in with a chair, gives it to Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns cracks 
Triple, uh, Triple H with the chair. One, two, three, gets the pin, gets a title. Rock comes in like, what the fuck? Spears the Rock. Right? Rock, Rock was supposed to be used to get Roman Reigns over as a face. It failed. Rock is going to get Roman Reigns over as a heel. Wow. So you're kind of going towards a a similar turn like Steve Austin had uh, at X7. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Because why does this story not work? Vince McMahon on TV hates Roman Reigns. Vince McMahon in real life adores Roman Reigns, and everybody knows it. So how do you flip the script? Vince McMahon adores Roman Reigns on TV while saying fuck you to his son-in-law. Wow. I'm I'm actually speechless, and uh, I could easily... uh, Not easily. I I could... That's very believable. I mean, yeah. This is the evolution of... Of Roman Reigns. Because people who love him are going to boo him. People who hate him are going to boo him. Because one, they don't like him. And two, because he's a heel. He's going to get so much heat. Feud with Ambrose. Feud with anybody who can go. He is going to be your top heel for a very long time. And then people might actually cheer Cena when he comes back. Right? And you say say Roman Reigns needs a mouthpiece? (laughs) Who's a better mouthpiece than Vince fucking McMahon? As long as when he's strutting down to the fucking ring, he doesn't tear his quads again. Literally. So this this is the last image you see of WrestleMania. You see Vince McMahon holding up Roman Reigns with the belt with Rock and Triple H on the on the mat. I mean, uh, uh, Vince McMahon might need some help with that, but I, I, wow, that would be dope. That I would I would love to see that. That wow, you just blew my mind. Yeah. That's that that that's awesome. That is a great prediction, and you want to know what? I'm gonna sign that shit right now. That is so dope. Oh my god! Because there is no other option. Roman Reigns cannot win this belt clean as a face, as a so, whistle, as so whistle, then, as a face. So that, it's, at that point in time, do you have Triple H and Stephanie leading an anti author Like, yeah, there's still the authority. But put it this way. Vince they, is like a bigger authority. Vince is, Vince is this ultimate authority, but we have we still have Triple H and Stephen oh McMahon God, in power. Imagine if it's called the ultimate the authority. Ultimate, the, the ultimate authority. And literally, Triple H comes out on Monday Night Raw, post-mania, he's going to get the fattest pop as a face. It's fresh for the authority, because the authority has been healed now for two and a half, like a year and a half, yeah, two no, years. I, I remember... I remember, fuck, I remember when Cena got the authority off, off TV, and then like they had to be brought back on TV. Like, wow, wow, good form, good sir, good form. This is going to be one of the best WrestleManias ever. Oh my and god! And because, because everybody got hurt. Think about it. When WWE's back is against the wall. They do the best shit ever. They do. The- remember, remember, 90, 97, Bret Hart left. Yep. Shawn Michaels injured. What came out of it? DX and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. Steve Austin got hurt. What came out of it? The Rock, Triple H, Mankind, Kurt Angle. Wow. Dude, 
I'm sorry. We can't do a best of the rest tonight because I think you kind of just did it. Seth Rollins got hurt. John Cena got hurt. Randy Orton Orton got hurt. What what are we going to get out of it? We are going to get a heel Roman Reigns, top babyface Dean Ambrose, a killer feud, leading, leading... Leading into Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And, and AJ Styles as an Intercontinental that, Champion. Imagine the feud when the Architect comes back. He'll come back as a tweener. He's coming back He'll as come a back super as a face. He's coming back as the ultimate face. But, he's but, getting but, Triple H he's pop. Gonna, he's going to start as a tweener, but he'll become super face. Oh, wow. You just blew my mind. Good form, Willie T. Good form, Willie T. And I actually think that's the perfect time to end this week. Wow. Good form. Yeah. I I, I remember I just remembered halfway through I'm like fuck, I didn't think of the best of the rest. Every time when you're like, I'm predicting WrestleMania, I'm like, okay, he has the ultimate prediction. I'm just gonna follow him on this. But oh my god. Like, partner to partner, man, dude, that was fucking epic. I need to shake your hand. Dude, that that was epic, and really, it's, it can come out of anywhere. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. Wow. I, t- I tipped my put it, hat. Put it this way. What happened the past few years at WrestleMania? People bitch, moan, and complain going up into the event, into the main event, but right after the, the camera goes off, People lose their mind and they're happy until post-mania, until Extreme Rules, and then whatever. This is just the wave of WWE. Vince McMahon is not a dumb man. He plays. He plays us like puppets. He plays on the internet. He plays on us being pissed off. He feeds us garbage. Not Maybe not purposefully, but so at the end, we have our dessert and we go to sleep going, God damn, that was fucking amazing. You... Wow, I, I, I'm actually speechless, and you you know that never happens. I'm actually <laughs> speechless. You know that never happens. I'm a big talker, but wow, wow, I I I tip my hat to you, good sir. I I, I really do. Okay, and with that, I'm tired. I gotta. Uh, with, with I gotta. That, with that, I'm gonna say play my music. With that, I'm gonna say let's hit that music. <laughs> That you've been listening to the 25th episode of the Kings of the Rings Cod Pop Podcast. Podcast. I'm predicting WrestleMania. This WrestleMania coming up April whatever, 3rd, 6th, 9th, I don't give a fuck. It's gonna be a killer show. It's gonna be the evolution of Roman Reigns, the face of Dean Ambrose. The WWE is gonna be a place it's never been before. You know why? Because we have a killer roster. We have Sami Zayn, Nakamura, Samoa Joe, A-Double, AJ Styles, Cena's coming back, Rollins is coming back, Orange is coming back. This roster is stacked. The WWE is going into great places, into things we've never seen before. This is gonna be the best WWE we have seen in years. And we are going to be here for it all. Watch up to the road to WrestleMania. Watch for my predictions. Watch for Dave's predictions. Watch for what is going to happen, what could happen. And you can see all that's going to happen on WWE Network. Follow us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. 
K-O-T-R underscore podcast. YouTube videos still in the making. I am very busy here at school. I have audio. I just got to get the video together. I have all the video together. I just got to edit it. And anybody in journalism, anyone in video knows, that's a bitch. But for right now, that's a wrap. I'm Will Tarashuk. That's Dave Malkowicz. We're the kings of the rings. And we'll see you next week.